Generative Art Podcast with Tim and Ruth. Today we have our first ever guest, Charlie. Let's get going. Tim Holman, we also have me, Ruth John, and today we'll be interviewing one of our lovely guests. Um, may I introduce to you Charlie Gleason? Hello, hi. Hey, Charlie, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm good, thank you. We should probably start with finding out a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure, uh, I am a human being Charlie Gleason. I am a designer and uh, developer and computer science dropout and uh, creative coding enthusiast. Um, and at the moment, I look after uh, design and front-end development and brand stuff at Heroku. Oh, great. So what we want to talk about today is probably more your interest in creative coding. How, yeah. how did you discover creative coding? Uh, I'm a um, very failed musician. And um, when I wanted to be uh, a not failed version of that, I um, I wasn't really working and I had gone back to do computer science and I realized um, that I had literally no money to make a music video, which was frustrating. And I, I like scraped together a thousand Australian dollars. I now live in um, London, but at the time, a thousand Australian dollars. And I um, gave Dollar it to... Do, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now it's just squids all the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I got some friends, and I'm sorry if they're listening because they, they did their best, but the, the end product like was was not something that was going to work. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, I spent this money, and I have like literally no option now. And so um, I turned to uh, my trusty computer and made a thing called um, TweetFlight, which is a, a music video that um, pulls tweets uh, in real time based on the lyrics, like a big Twitter karaoke. And then um, that went further than I ever thought anything I ever did would. And then from there, I got really hooked on this idea of uh, using computers as, as, a, as a middle ground uh, for, for making art. Uh, that's really, really interesting. I want to talk a little bit just about the learning process for you, because I actually teach adults how to code on a coding course, and we get a fair few amount of musicians in. Um, they're always actually oh, cool. very, very good coders. Um, what did you use to learn to code? You said you drop out computer science. So did you go back? Yeah, well, I originally studied design, um, which was like the very uh, hip titled, um, I think it was a Bachelor of Design okay. brackets, multimedia design. Back when multimedia was like a thing that you just, it just meant you used Flash. It's and, Microsoft uh, Word, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mate, you should see me with an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I um, so I started writing ActionScript, which uh, ActionScript two, uh, yeah, and then graduated to three, which two was, was actually like I think three is is a genuinely we, legit we language. Do think <laughs> it, I mean, it's very. We do think this. Ass. I mean, I think yeah, me and Tim have discussed this before, haven't we? We might make this an issue on the podcast. <laughs> we love yeah, ourselves bring, some action scripts therefore all of our qualifications yeah, yeah, are bring, void bring <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i mean titch flash that's fine it's fine it's over right the, the yeah the race yeah. is lost but action script was 
I don't know. It was legit. Anyway, so I started uh, experimenting in that and then ended up working in advertising. And that was around the time that um, uh, Steve Jobs wrote that letter, letter of Flash, like which was kind of like the death knell, right, where he was like, well, it's never going to be on our phones. And they were at the time like the biggest phone. So um, then all of a sudden everyone started talking about HTML5. And um, I kind of dug in there and then it became a kind of a, a perfect, it was kind of a perfect time to learn um, HTML and CSS and like the JavaScript because a lot of the the things that had been frustrating in the past, like using tables for layouts and all that kind of stuff had started to... beautiful corner border <laughs> radius images. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so many four by four pixel uh, <laughs> transparent GIFs. Space GIF 3. So all of that had kind of shifted. So then it was like a perfect time to pick it up. And then it just went from there. Okay. Really. Great. It's crazy. I I feel like I have a very, very similar similar pathway. It's like the end of, you know, when you can spot one thing dying and you can see something else kind of popping up, rising out of those ashes. It's always tends to be a nice time to jump onto a bandwagon. Yeah, it was a bit wild as well. It kind of felt like anything was was possible in a way. And I started going to a lot of conferences. I went to web directions in Melbourne, in Sydney, sorry. And I went to, um, Microsoft's remix, uh, which, which was about the open web, which at the time for Microsoft to be talking about the open web seemed quite like, even that seemed kind of bananas, even though now, I mean, everything's kind of changed, right? It's been nearly 10 years, which is really weird. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like anything was possible. And I met all these people who are really creative and, and fun and, I don't know. It was just it was just a great time. It felt really exciting. So did any of that inspire you to build some of the things that you built? For instance, um, you have got Sandpit JS. Um, for the, do you want to describe what that is to the listeners? Yeah, because it is very very cool, and people should check it out. It's sandpitjs.com for those listening. Yeah, sandpitjs.com. I definitely need to, I mean, I'd love to do a version two because I think I learned a lot. But basically, um, Sandpit.js is a tool um, to kind of make creative coding easier. So it gives you a bunch of hooks into um, uh, kind of a life cycle of setting up um, a piece of creative coding or a generative art and then a bunch of hooks to do stuff to it. And uh, it also ties into dat.gui. So if you, um, which is a, uh, interface for changing values, which you'll see a lot in used in creative coding, um, cause it gives you a way to like really easily tweak, uh, values to see what impact that has because at its core creative coding is just cool, sexy math. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Damn, that's our tagline that right there. Like I just want to say that's our byline. <laughs> cool, sexy math. Yeah. Actually, the cool, sexy math podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I approve. <laughs> I mean, the logo Thank designs that. itself. That's just uh, my yeah, and then, that's, that's what yeah. I've got. <laughs> uh, and then our, our collective mutual friend and great human being, Glenn Madden, uh, who is a really great developer, um, he started helping me out with this kind of idea through um, some freelance work that him and I were doing. Um, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. And the main reason was because uh, he lived in Melbourne and I lived in London and collaborating um, could be difficult because of time zones. And we wanted something where we could always have the state stored in a um, in the URL so that way you could just like copy and paste 50 versions and it was kind of saving the state of the um, artwork or like the values that the artwork was using at any point in time. 
So that's kind of its core thing. I think there's some incredible um, projects out there now that have definitely been better maintained. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I'd love to, I, I mean, at the end, I'll probably recommend a bunch that you should check out as well. But I still think, I mean, for me, I, I still use Sandpit and I think it's, I think it's cool. <laughs> I would say that. Just, a, just another small note on that, which is, I mean, you mentioned Glenn. He's such a good, uh, I guess, like supporter of ideas. You know, when you've got thoughts about something, he's like a good listener and a good kind of person to help you like extend and grow what you're doing. Just generally nice, such a nice thing to have. Yeah, he's. it's like watching, um, it's like watching a kid get excited, right? It's like really intoxicating <laughs> and like you get kind of caught up in it. And he's, I mean, he's made heaps of internet famous stuff. He made like uh, style components and CSS modules originally and like internet famous Glenn Madden, as I call him. But yeah, he's definitely um, been a big influence. It is it's always nice to have that support network when people get ex- just as excited about the little things as you do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Glenn actually... Talking about internet famous, uh, the first time I met Glenn, we were actually stopped in the in the bar that we were in, and someone just went, "Are you Glenn Madden?" And I was like, "Oh man, what?" Yeah, internet famous <laughs> Glenn Madden because he needs more ego. Glenn, if you're listening to this, you're doing a great <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, oh my god! So that's great. So um, Sampa actually saves um, the piece of art which you can generate with it because it's like this little app where you can put in all your little parameters in the, in the, the GUI thing that you have. And it does sure. like you are basically just creating generative art, which is amazing um, without even needing to be able to code. Like you can go in and you can hack it if you want to, but you don't need to. And you're saying that you can save it in the URL. Yeah. Basically the parameters will get saved in the URL. So whatever you define as being like, I want this value to be changeable between these, between these, like, let's say that you're like line thickness, uh, on some kind of like incredible, stunning or inspiring life-changing piece of generative art. You could say like, all right, between one and 10 is, is the values that this will accept. And then as you shift those around that gets stored in the URL and it made it heaps easier if we were having um, a conversation around something, you could just be like, cool, as long as you're running the same version as me, like the underlying code you're still going to need to write. Um, as long as you have the same version running, you can kind of see these things happening um, in real time really quickly, which felt great for this kind of freelance project. And then when we realized how well that worked for this freelance project, we kind of rolled it into this into this concept yeah, of so a library. Yeah, it's like collaborative generative art, which I just had to very slowly. Yeah. Yeah, very okay. slow <laughs> collaborative generative <laughs> the art. name of the podcast. <laughs> You do kind of eke onto the point there with uh, all generative art. You know, you, you do have like such a big random aspect of it. But then I think when you're kind of handing off your final pieces or showing, you know, what you like best, you still do need that like fine tuning and curation. Sure. So yeah. And I think a lot of the time as well, it's it's like that feeling of, I think the creative process generally is just one of like extreme anxiety and then uh, extreme euphoria, and you just kind of move between those two states. So I think this idea came out of us being like, well, when you have that like that moment where you're like, oh, I've got it, you kind of want to be able to to keep track of that or to like to grab that moment. And I think it's, um, I mean, generative art is incredible in that sense as well. It's so playful, like the the ability to kind of just sit and end up with something that's so far from what you originally had in mind, but is like objectively beautiful, is a really great. It's a really great feeling. I, don't, I really love I, that I idea love of it, it being playful, actually. It's just <laughs> that's how I feel when I'm 
when I'm doing anything, it's, I'm, I'm playing. 50% of the time, and then the 50% anxiety. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. <laughs> but I mean, you must have that, Ruth, because you, you work a lot in, in generative visuals and, like, your work with Live.js, which if people haven't checked it out, you should definitely check out Live.js because it's a really amazing, like, musical uh, group around JavaScript as, yeah, a, we'll, um, as a language and, like, a we'll tool to create stuff. all the all the artists singularly onto this podcast at some point. Um, but one thing that I have been making this year, which I've been spending a lot of time on, is essentially that it's just one piece of software which generates art that's the idea um which i have been using for visuals oh, but it wasn't really intended for that so there's also <laughs> part of the process where i've just gone oh quick put some put some audio analysis in there and quickly make it work um so now i have to go back and back engineer the whole oh actually this works really well for visuals but it's such a good feeling i love that though it's like because of that real roller coaster i think being like open to creative ideas just sort of flowing and not putting too much of that kind of emphasis on on getting exactly like i think have an idea in mind about what you're trying to achieve but just relax and like that's, let the that's moment kind of the whole idea about think, <clears throat> the build itself was to stop having anxiety about building. Um, I was trying to make the actual process of generating something as simple as possible. Um, And it's not quite there yet, but then is anything ever there? (laughs) Never Never, finished. Never Um, finished. It has a nice stage where you can just be like, here's a shape, here's a color palette, here's the grid, boom, there you go. Here's the most visual. You do that thing where just halfway through, I feel like I copy and duplicate a whole folder and then just kind of keep expanding and expanding and expanding. And in the end, I've got about eight different Yeah, versions. so that's the other yeah. problem. So <laughs> I'm solving this with a MIDI controller at the moment because you, you, and what I'm trying to do is you, you do that. You're like, I really, really like this thing, like this visual that I've made. But if I just tweak, you know, like we're talking about like line thickness. If I just tweak the line thickness, I've got a whole new one. And wow, look at that. So... Rather than have yeah. eight versions, use an interface to tweak. A little bit like a sandpit, basically. Uh, but you are sort of, your interface is a piece of hardware. So you still create just one thing, but you have an infinite amount of intera- iterations on that one thing which you can control. Uh, yeah, right. That's, that's the idea. That. It's getting there. Yeah. I have to write a state machine for the analysis and the MIDI data. Next stage. Um, it's nice, though. Mm. It's been work. I do think, like, being able to record that process as well is really nice, like, finding those moments. Because I think, uh, so, um, I talk about him a lot. I've never met him. I would like to meet him. But, Matt, um, I'm going to totally butcher pronouncing his name. Delorias? Uh, Deloria? Yeah, Matt Delorias. Yeah, yeah, I did some work also with butcher it. Um, last year for jazzconf for you so the opening for that was oh, a generative like the first bit before we before LiveJS did their bit was a generative video which was some shapes coming up and that was all generated right. in real time it was all done in webgl um and it was him and a guy called simone um simon i uh, see i'm butchering names now as well <laughs> we'll put a link to it it's in fine. the description of the it's podcast fine. um 
And yeah, it was really, yeah, it was really good just to see sort of his process, which is, isn't any different from what we do. It's just, it's just really, yeah. he's just consistently but I love that- churning out all this generative stuff like all the time. Oh yeah. man, he's just like this prolific creator in a way that I find like so inspiring. And I think also his Twitter is an incredible. So if you haven't checked it out, he's um, Matt Diesel on Twitter, D-E-S-L. But his uh, stuff is like constantly just it's being released and you can check it out. And I was looking through the source code of the um, JSConf uh, last year because he open sourced it or the people that worked on it open sourced it, of which he was one. And like I love it because the comments in it are just – it's like code comments that we've all written, just being like, this seems to work, not sure why. Or like, I, mean, I can't quote it exactly because it's been a while since I checked it out. But I love that. It just feels like everyone's just trying to trying to make something that feels good and that's hard. And It's definitely like a big piece of the community. I mean, it, it, maybe it's a little bit less now than, than I used to see it, but especially when the canvas was kind of coming up, everyone just kind of let their code sit in there with with comments and all i definitely remember prowling through a lot of different things kind of trying to understand does anybody else works. swear to themselves in comments sure i'm really nerdy with that i like <laughs> i always worry uh yeah it's like i'm a, a 75 year old um conservative in yeah, the way do, that i write you on the internet i get nervous <laughs> You probably have. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> Hi, company. You're not to throw in the All my comments just are to myself, just being rude to myself. Oh, man. I definitely feel like I lie in my comments. You know, I put a lot of to do's yeah, of things, and then right before I publish, I just delete them and say, <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah, like I'm Why never getting that? to that one. Because right? like, there's so many in the software I'm writing. It's just to do this, to do that, to to do refactor the whole piece of software. Yeah. It's like ab- abstract logic into state machine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'll get around to it. Yeah, I think that's actually one of the challenges as well with with being like a person that uh, with a with a like grown up. You know, I, I freelance for a lot of of the time that I really got interested in creative coding, and I think um, working for a for a grown up company uh it is hard to kind of find time and inspiration because usually by the end of the day i'm kind of like i've kind of gotten everything out of me because you know it's there's there's just a lot going on and then whereas previously when i was freelancing there'd be a lot more downtime so you kind of think ah i just have this kind of burning desire to to create stuff so it's kind of a i think finding that inspiration is a real challenge so if anyone else works for like grown-up companies and it has that same feeling do not worry you are not alone <laughs> um, it's it's interesting actually it's something that's been on my mind a lot recently as well i do exactly the same kind of thing just a lot of hard burn during the day and then it's like ah, oh, do i really want to do a little bit more um but then sometimes you yeah, find the time sometimes it, it is hard to do it all day sure. and then come back into that I, I don't want to sit in front of a computer now um I don't do it as much as either of you, but I I can I can understand. I have worked for grown up companies in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Love this term that we're coining as well. I don't grown up companies. Grown up companies. I yeah, don't even like, know what that means to be honest. But... I just work for myself, so I'm a child. I don't know. <laughs> <Are> you... yeah. <laughs> um, I love it. Are you Are you working on anything right now, Charlie? 
Yeah, actually, with Glenn uh, of Glenn Madden fame, um, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about design systems. So slightly outside the creative coding um, front. Yeah, but I've yeah. been really interested in um, this. Came out of a project that Tim, uh, you uh, created um, on. Is kind Tim? Of, yes, generative artistry podcast famous Tim Holman. Well, yeah, internet famous generative <laughs> artistry podcast famous Tim Holman. <laughs> Um, your work in Markdown um, in creating Ooh. generative art, which is like one of my favorite projects, and I think it's incredible. And you open sourced it recently. I did, so yes. Cool. But this is like a tool that, as you like scroll through a page, uh, it will um, update the code and show you the generative art. So you're kind of like oh, learning about something. And like, so it's kind of a way to like learn as you go, and you can like edit this, uh, edit this input as well. So you can kind of see it change. It's like a really amazing project. Um, so yeah, Glenn and I've been talking about, um, design systems and markdown and how to like make creating and documenting design systems easier, uh, in markdown, but I have much less to show for it than, than you do, Tim. <laughs> so my thing about, my thing about that is you, this is on the generative artistry website, right? It is. Yes. So this is on the tutorial part of the generative artistry website. When you there's there I've got a few examples of this when people have built something where <clears throat> you have like a demo or something like that you've got these tutorials but actually underlying it is a completely useful tool but sometimes it just mm. goes unnoticed because the thing they've built on top is not the tool so Tim's built um the, these tutorials but underlying is this really great other tool of how to do tutorials does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it's like it's like a total win-win. I'm just going to fan out on this for a second because I remember when you originally showed me this, we ran into each other in JSConf Australia a long time ago when we were both younger. Yeah. And yeah. It must have been two years ago, right? Two years? Maybe it was uh, a year. One, no, it was only a year. One year. One year. Oh, yeah. geez. And uh, I remember you showed it to me and I had like a full – I had a full meltdown. At that moment where you're like, I will never create anything of value ever again because everything good has been made. You know that feeling? Like if you if you see like a really good project and you're like, well, I'm done now. I don't yeah. – I, I get that every single day. I think that's calling. <laughs> yeah. Don't hang out with talented people. Yeah, really... I'm just like, what am I actually doing? Yeah. But uh, it's just an amazing – I remember talking to you about it. I just think it's really cool. And that's the kind of thing as well. I like that people are making tools at the moment. Like Matt, uh, who I talked about earlier, is a really good example of that where he's doing a lot of stuff in like Figma with plugins at the moment around like animations and, and design. And also I, t I talk constantly about like Glitch and what um, uh, Jen Schiffer, yeah. Jen Schiffer? Mm -hmm. is doing in that space with like building that community in a way that's just incredible and people are kind of making tools – um, more accessible and more uh, welcoming and kind of being that gateway to, to to creative coding or being creative on the web, which That's I love. It. That whole landscape right now is has has changed so much over the last five years. Yeah. Um, of course, I guess initially with CodePen, but now Code Sandbox and Glitch. Uh, Netlify is doing, is doing so much as well just to give you like a platform and to give people kind of back that open nature of, of all their code. It's mm. such a pleasure to, uh, you know, you always kind of say the shoulders, standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, it's definitely like that. We just have so much at any given moment. It's awesome. Yeah. Like a new, you know, a new technology comes out and it's like a big handful of people are going to be like, what can we do with this right now? What can we, 
how can we extend it, you know? Yeah, which is awesome as well because that kind of, I think a lot of the early like uh, experiments and projects, especially in that like HTML5, look, JavaScript can do stuff that's not annoying period of time in like 2010. Everything was view sourceable, right? So you just see how they'd done it and then do it yourself. And then it became that big period of like, you must minify everything because um, bandwidth and you must minify everything because this is what you do and like build tools, things like that. And all of a sudden, everything was kind of a black box again. You didn't really have the ability to like peek behind the curtain and feel connected to to this other person's work or art and be able to kind of be inspired by that. So it's really wild to see that uh, everything being open source again or everything being this like huge melting pot of, of artists and, and creative people just like, here's an incredible thing I did, why don't you have it? Just feels really healthy and good. Uh, I'm going to spend the rest of my evening just trolling. Uh, make myself feel really good about the thing that i'm building right now um yeah there is one there is one thing i have to ask you charlie sure i was looking at the things that you built and i came across i will never let you go dot com oh which is honestly one of the best things i've ever seen so oh my gosh because it was like can i explain i'm I'm trying to explain it Wow. Yeah, this is this is so good. Um, it's a music video that you play in your browser that you can be a part of. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it came out of I made um I made a uh uh I made a record a couple of years ago, which was quite a sad record. And um as a part of it, um I kind of went back to the drawing board on making a new music video after the success okay. of Tweetflight, and I started looking at WebGL. And at the time, I was also trying to be a drag queen, um, which I was uh, incredibly unsuccessful at as well. But it was a small window of time. <laughs> I, think I think I'm already too tall. You can be too tall to be no, a drag queen. No, surely not. Come on. Um, but I got really into um, this idea of using uh, WebGL and, like, adding elements of drag that I was kind of experimenting with. And the idea is that you would watch um, someone uh, on the screen and then during that time it would kind of take photos of you surreptitiously. And then uh, the next time you play it, everyone else who's watched it and has approved those photos getting getting published, right? So like it saves the photos as you go out in the end, you can publish them. Uh, That just gets sent out to everyone else. And it was using um, Images API which made it really easy because it's all there's no service side code on that. Um, I think it's all open source as well. It is, yeah. It's all on my GitHub. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting mix of like trying to create After Effects style uh, masking and visuals in the browser in real time, um, and then also having this kind of element of playfulness of having other people uh, around the world, ideally being uh, being involved. I think my only issue with it is that um, five minutes is a long time, four minutes, like it's a long time for a song. And I think a lot of the time on the web, when you come across these kind of things, you check them out. And after 30 seconds, you're like, oh, cool. And kind of the punchline of that music video doesn't really happen until you get to the end of the song. And so I think my optimism that people would sit <laughs> for like four minutes watching me tear myself apart on 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 screen 
was maybe overly optimistic. And if I did it again, I'd definitely show that the photos were being taken or allow you to like upload okay. the photos as you go. But it was, look, it was, it was a lot of fun. And it was, it felt, um, at the time, like I was really pushing what I was capable of doing, especially around WebGL shaders. Um, yeah, the effects uh, on the video are amazing for having that all done oh, in just code. Yeah, that's, wow. I'm, I'm really impressed. And you're right, yeah. like I, uh, I sort of watched, I didn't get to the end, basically. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's just, it's, I it's too long. <laughs> but I enjoy think, watching it. Yeah, I, I mean, I loved making it. But basically, it's a, um, it's like a 5,000, what's 1920 by 3? It's like a 5,760 pixel wide video um that has two two videos going uh side by side and then the mask is like a third video and then in webgl that gets chopped up every frame overlaid and then masked against each other um which is like i think also the level of technical ridiculousness is quite hard to tell based on the fact that it was almost like the music video became more important than the technology behind it, which is kind of a shame because I think the technology is probably yeah, more interesting. I, I didn't really, I didn't, <laughs> it, it was kind of interesting you watch it and you, I mean, that's something really well done, right? Is that, I mean, technically I did, I wasn't aware. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this just looks sure. really, really good in a browser. This looks amazing. This is so good. And now that you just described it, I'm like, whoa. Oh my goodness! How did you how did you yeah. manage that? And um, it just goes to performance WebGL. Is, yeah, if I did it, it, yeah, it's such. a... I mean, WebGL you can yeah. you can throw so much at it before it. I mean, one of the two of the downsides where it doesn't work on iOS. I don't know if that would have changed now because this was back at. I doubt it. Yeah, I don't think that's. <laughs> I still have people contact me every day about audio not working on iOS. Yeah, fair point. If I did, if I ever do another sad record of sad songs um, about my sad feelings, I would definitely love to try and pick up that concept again and make it clearer like what's going on or make make it more real time because there's no reason that you couldn't photograph the someone watching give them permission to upload it and then inject it into the video yeah. in real time as well right like i mean there's stuff it also shows you watching through your webcam so you, there is an element of like live interaction but yeah look i, I was really proud of it it was like <laughs> it's like it's kind of like writing a record that you're really proud of it kind of critically doesn't critically it gets quite good feedback and then it just doesn't really go anywhere like it, it definitely wasn't mm. my most successful project but it's definitely my proudest way, like the ones that you're most proud of don't and then the little, stupid little things that you do or at least that's my experience anyway you uh, did make me feel very good about myself thank you very much then maybe the next record will be happy feelings yeah i don't know if i <laughs> i don't know if i making a record is so hard honestly it's so like it just like rips you apart. <laughs> I'm really proud of all the music I made, but I think it's just so like emotionally exhausting. And I don't know if I, I'm in that headspace. Cause I remember a friend of mine was like, are you going to make any more records? I was like, Oh, don't think I have anything that valuable to say at the moment as well. And I also think it's like, I was listening to a really great, speaking of drag Queens, Trixie Mattel, who's like the world's most incredible drag queen. And uh, she's really interesting because um, she performs like folk acoustic music in drag. She did a really good interview with Cameron Esposito, who runs a really great podcast called Query. And she was saying, it's like, no one, the world does not need another like white guy with a guitar who has feelings. Like there's, there's like the space is full, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that's why I always love those creative coding as an avenue for making music because it, hel- it, 
it was an opportunity to express uh, ideas outside of like that very narrow box of being like, I'm a white guy with a guitar. Look at me have feelings. It was like a way to kind of push um, that medium or hopefully get people to feel more connected or find ways to, I don't know, just dig a little bit deeper. I don't know. I don't know if I succeeded at that. But. You, you use Ableton to make your records, but one of the really interesting things about Ableton that actually happened this week that we're recording, or in the past week, they've just released another Learn Ableton thing. So they do these things on the web, helping you to learn electronic music. Um, they did one two years ago which was mm. um, just the basics of electronic music, like beats and drum patterns and things like this. Uh, the latest mm. one they did in the past week was synths. So they've just done this Learn Ableton synths it's, thing on it's the web. Like, so you can just step through and you can do all these little interactive demos. And that's a little bit WebGL, I think, as well, actually. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I think they used um, three... And I know they used tone and animate. There was a few things. Yeah, they, they did a write-up of it. I'm such a fan. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. It's so good, it's... isn't it? They used tone for the last one as well, tone.js. Yeah. And I think the last one was built in Elm, I want to say, but I don't know if that's true. I saw that in a tweet. I did not fact-check that statement. So. <laughs> we can check it out. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting to hear you say that you were using just Ableton. Um, no. Yeah, I um I went back and studied in I try I think I've tried to study every course and dropped out of all of them at some point except for design. Design I finished. But uh I went back and studied sound production um around the computer science time as well. So after I did computer science I was like, well, I'll go and do audio because now I'm going to be a musician. Uh and uh I was I really fell in love with it, but it was it's like it it's it takes a bit to learn, right? So I just I think it's so cool that they're making these tools that kind of help you understand like the core fundamental underlying structure of electronic music, which is ultimately always gonna be like uh a kick drummer synth, um uh samples, um, you know, bass. There's like pieces that will always be there. But on the um on the synthesizer one, it's similar. It's like all of those um underlying concept of how a synth works like release and attack and sustain and you know, whatever all that kind of core stuff is hard to learn in an application so i think it's wild that they're putting this stuff out I mean, i'm such a big fan yeah if anyone's looked at the web apis you kind of think oh i can just kind of come in here and do something and it's i feel like it probably with zero experience matches how it is in the real world where it's like, Oh, I'm creating what this oscillator and I have to plug it into this. What's up? You know, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And it's like, those sounds it's, it's are so correct, but it's difficult. <laughs> a tone is like soul destroying, right? Cause the human ear is really sensitive to certain frequencies. I think it's like 10,000, 1000. And, and it's like, uh, I think knowing that stuff is, it just takes time and practice. And, um, I mean, there's incredible resources out there like those ones. But, yeah, I, I just think they're, uh, Ableton has some incredible web stuff out there. And I, um, yeah, yeah, I'm such a big fan. Is, oh, my it's gosh. It's so great. It's so great to see. So it, this is the one thing I always say about the Web Audio API when I'm talking about it is you you just have to, if you want to use it for all these cool toys. So you can use it for just playing audio. That's cool. You can use it just to change some volume. I think everybody has a good concept of volume. But if you do want to use it for the whole mm. synth thing, the electronic music or these cool toys that you see, you have to have this fundamental understanding of even just a basic understanding of like audio, <laughs> which you're a web developer is sure. not necessarily yeah. something 
that you do understand because it is quite a beast of an API, actually. Yeah, and I think there's some cool libraries that have been built on top to help. And I think that's the same with WebGL. Like if you, 3JS, I know there's a bunch of other ones now, like A-Frame and um, I want to say Babylon. There's like a, there's a, there's a bunch. But if you ever try and use just like vanilla WebGL to draw um, like a, a triangle, Red right? Cube, yeah. It's, it's, it's like 40,000 lines, right? It's like hello world in dart. It's next level. And I think um, <laughs> talking about like standing on the shoulders of giants, it's so wild that there's these people, communities, teams, groups that are like out there creating these tools. And I think that goes back to that whole creative coding. The core of it is that people are out there making these things so that, so that you can get to the bit that's fun. And I think that's um, as, as a, like a community of human beings, just a very cool thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It is. <laughs> and yeah, I'm still learning how to write shaders. Uh, GLSL. Yeah, it's very unforgiving as well. It's not like there's a console log in there either because oh, it's run like directly yeah, on the yeah, GPU, yeah. right? So it's like... <laughs> like my first, I'm sort of halfway through the book. I started at the beginning of this year and then I got distracted doing generative art visuals. Um, I will finish it by the end of this year, I promise myself. But... That is one of the biggest things that I found when I started doing it because you are writing GLSL sort of, I obviously you whip up, you kind of use three to do it. I use three to do it. So you sort of whip up a sort of uniform like with, or rather the, like the fragment shader within JavaScript itself, but you are writing GLSL. Um, yeah. no yeah. error handling at all. Um, so I was just, I was terrible with my floats to start with because it's strictly typed and I've just been writing JavaScript for so long. And like, mm. oh yeah, new float one. And even just not putting the point naught on the end, I would just be in a yeah. mess for like an hour. Just going, what? No. Uh, yeah, it's super, it feels super frustrating. But I think even like, even, so ES6 is like template literals make that easier just to, just to even like get, GL, glsl into three so it's like that is a step forward and you're like when that's something you're excited about it's like geez <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's um it's incredibly powerful and i think uh people like um uh inconvergent um on yeah. twitter has put out incredible resources and tools if you want to learn more about shaders and uh, generative generative numbers. I think they did a like whole incredible series of articles on um, using random with numbers to make art and like. And then there was a whole bunch of stuff around shaders, uh-huh. um, which is well worth checking out. Cool. I don't know what that person is like. Who that person is in real life either. So it's like a total enigma and mystery. Oh, it's dun, dun, such dun. a good yeah. <laughs> I have no sense of no. mystery because there's nothing mysterious no, about I'm me. <laughs> I'm like, I wish there was an enigma. Let's see. It's faceless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great. I'm I'm out of questions. Yeah, should we wrap it up on that? The mystery mystery of the day? Yeah. Yeah. Works for me. Um, how can um, people get in touch with you, Charlie? Oh yeah. If you would like to talk to me about generative art, music, um, drag <laughs> or, or, or anything else uh i am super high fives on twitter and um, i'm super high fives on pretty much everything i think it was like Including the biggest the fluke of my life yeah wow i do <laughs> i'm pretty enthusiastic um <laughs> and you can find some of my work at charliegleason.com or uh super high fives on github but yeah just super high fives It'll great be out there somewhere. well you can put all those links in the description 
Definitely, awesome. definitely. I feel like I have, um, I actually already have questions that I'll save for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, about the audio APIs for both of you, okay. I guess. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Well, thank Thank you you both. You're welcome. Cue and music. Thanks very much for listening to this week's Generative Art Podcast. We'll be back next week with an episode on tooling. So make sure you listen. You can find all the links and all the information about this episode on generativeartistry.com. Thank you.